I'm trying to do the beginning of Girls, 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 but it's not working. Isn't that the or is that the beginning of uh, uh, um, Kickstart My Heart? Kickstart My Heart. That's what I want to do. Brad, can you help us? You blew it. I'll, I'll save you. You'll see. Yes, thank you. Thank you. those two mixed up they're off the same album they got a similar vibe you know i thought you were imitating lightning mcqueen <laughs> from the animated movie cars oh cars folks it's true cars joke am i right that's true speaking of vroom vroom this is a podcast about movies so i feel okay asking this question what is up with grown men and fucking minions oh what's going on with that everybody loves minions um, okay should we make a note i'll fight you about how shit minions is i mean i don't love minions let, let, let me let me clarify what i just said <laughs> when i said everybody loves minions i you know as as listeners to this podcast may have picked up over the uh past 301 episodes my day job is teaching at a high school you know how many of them children dressed up as minions this year Are you serious approximately twelve thousand. This is insane. I had no idea. When I was on an airplane recently, I was looking around and I'm like, why are all these grown ass men watching Minions? And have they just never seen it before? I think, I think you know, we're just They're like re watching Minions, is what I'm thinking. We right? don't have the Three Stooges anymore, God bless their smutty souls, but we do have the Minions keeping up this uh, slapstick Miserable. comedy tradition. And then I got a text my. My GF is on her way to to New York right now. Watching Minions? No, but she texted me and said, oh my God, you're right. There are four grown-ass men on this plane watching Minions right now. What the hell is happening? You know, I don't know. I saw that Minions movie, the latest one in theaters, because it was summertime and I was bored and it was hot and they had air conditioning. And it wasn't very good. No, Corey, no. Should we do a Minions podcast? Ugh. Yeah, we just have to talk like this, or whatever. Oh, never mind. Okay, all right. Oh, this is the Side Talks podcast. We talk about movies, which I don't even think Minions is a movie. I don't think it counts. Uh, and you know what else Minions say? What's up, ding-dongs? That's what the Minion says. Thought I could distract you with Minions. Minions, am I right, folks? For $25,000, here is your first subject. What is it? Go. Uh, pickles. Hey, so this is that new new segment. I'm sitting across the table from Sam. This is, Me what again. is it? What is it? Uh, Corey, can you hear us? I, I can. I'm okay. sequestered in the booth. Yeah, well, we're going to read from a script. This is a two-hander, as we usually do, even though we've only done this a couple of times. And you're going to guess it. You're going to guess what film this is. Now, don't sit back there and wait for us to just finish or because you want to hear us banter back and forth. I'll wait as long as I, I wa- please. No, that's not the you game. You have to say it immediately. You, you have to tell us as soon as you can. You're going right. to get you're going to get this one really quick, which isn't going to be fun for anybody, but here's the going to here's where the fun comes in. Can our listeners get it faster than you? Only they will know. I mean, maybe. But too. we'll see. We'll see. All um right. So are you ready? Are you ready, Sam? I'm ready. Let's I think. I mean, I saw this for the first time about 10 seconds yeah. ago. So. I, I haven't really read through this either. Put Here some real feeling into <clears throat> this this time, Sam. Right, I'm you're, getting in character. I'm getting Corey, character. All right. it's your job to hush okay. until yeah, you, to you know listen. what it is. You have and to then, sit and your white ass down and listen. <laughs> Learn. Um, okay, here we go. How do you distinguish yourself in a population of people who all got 1,600 on their SATs? I didn't know they take SATs in China. I wasn't talking about China anymore. I was talking about here. 
You got 1,600. You can sing in an acapella group. You don't know it yet? Oh, my gosh. I know somebody out there does. I feel like you know uh, it. Is that pitch perfect? Ooh. Ah. Okay, let's keep going. Okay, keep going. Does that mean that you actually got nothing wrong? Or you wrote crew or you invent a $25 FC. Oh, this is the social network. Fuck. Yeah, you got it. That's pretty good. That was pretty darn good. PC, yeah. You won. Social network, you got it. And now, a look at what we're watching this week. Oh my god, guess what? What? I've seen this is what this is what we're watching and I've seen Halloween ends. Which is good. I freaking love it. Yeah, it's good. I had such a good time at the movies. I was I was by myself, but I was yelling at the screen. Let me ask you a question. Uh-huh. And I don't no spoilers, okay? We yeah. don't want to spoil it for anybody even though Halloween has ended. That's right. It's uh, done for. Both on the screen and in actual real life here. Depending yep. on when you're listening to this, you might already be around to the next Halloween, who knows. But my question, Corey, if you could without spoiling it is what is everybody's problem with this film? I don't know. I mean, what I what I've seen is like people and I'll talk around this as much as I can are upset about the relative lack of Michael Myers' screen presence, although I don't really understand that complaint because Michael Myers, if not, you know, as potentially active as he is in, say, Halloween Kills, is all over this movie. Yeah. Um, And it's, you know, furthermore about sort of the infectious presence of evil like Michael Myers and how it seeps into other characters uh, and other areas of Haddonfield, which I think is one of the more interesting concepts in more unique directions that a Halloween sequel has gone. I agree. I think, look, gosh, I mean, probably I want to see Michael Myers and Jamie Lee on the screen more than anybody else out there in the world does. I love, I love the force that they are when, on the, when they're on the screen separately and together. And yet I had a really good time. I think if you lower your expectations, go into this not expecting this to be the original Halloween. Yeah. Which, by the way, the first 40 minutes of that thing, Michael's not on the screen that much anyway. No. And I, that's why the screen time argument doesn't hold any merit for me at all. Like, yeah. He works best as the boogeyman, right? In the shadows. It's So don't expect to get maximum time with them. But also, it, it's I agree with you. I mean, it's textured there. They're in there. And... I also think there's a couple of moments, the cramp scene. Yeah. Uh, that is just pure gold, uh-huh. horror gold. Uh-huh. I'm really happy with this film. I think that this, if this is indeed where it ends, and I think Jamie Lee might be done. She's done, but Michael Myers will be back in you one form or another. You can't kill the boogeyman. But, we're. I mean, yes, I think people will probably nap for a bit and, and somebody will look at the bank account and go, we could make that bigger. Yep. And they'll bring Michael back. Fine. But I, Jamie Lee might be done. And, and, and my question is, if Jamie, when Jamie Lee's done, or am I done? I don't know. I don't know. I do like Halloween 3. Don't get yeah. me wrong. Um, I do like, I even kind of like enjoy Resurrection where we have her just very briefly. But I, I don't know if this if this is where I guess what I'm trying to get at here is if this is where it lands, I'm OK with that. I feel good about it. Yeah, it's I a certainly pretty do. amazing few last 20 minutes. I'll say it that way. I think this is the best Halloween sequel um, okay. because it is the most different from yeah. John Carpenter's original. And I like it a lot because it feels unlike really the previous two, except in 
fleeting moments. It feels like a David Gordon Green movie. It feels yeah. like the slasher version of all the real girls, which is a weird combination that I think he makes work. There's stuff in here that marries, you know, horror maestro David Gordon Green with sensitive indie director David Gordon Green in ways that were, for me, really exciting as a fan of his and as a fan of Halloween. Yeah. More than anything, I just had a really great time. Oh, it's fun as hell. It's gross. The kills are good. Um, The characters are memorable. And when they get, you know, inevitably murdered, it's always equally memorable. Um, And one of the main characters is named Corey. And I'm not not going to dislike that. that. Corey supremacy, y'all. The showdown's great. You know, there's going to be one. I'm not spoiling anything. The showdown is freaking great. There's some amazing moments. I mean, I was, again, just yelling at the screen. And I got the Halloween montage I've been wanting. There you go. You know, it's all in there. So I don't know what people's problems are, but, you know. A bunch of grumpy gusses, if you ask me. So that's what I've seen. I'm happy with it. Again, it's 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 one you kind of want to talk around a little bit, but it's really, I find it to be really in- enjoyable. I like that Kyle Richards then did a good little bit. Yeah. I enjoy her being on the screen. I just like seeing her and Jamie Lee share a screen together after all these years, back together again. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. And uh, I also went to the cinema and saw a beautiful uh, projection, thank you, Sam, of The Lost Boys. Ah, yeah. And I, this is such a great film. I had seen it a few years ago, I think like high to COVID when we had like 10 people in the room. Uh-huh. And I, I might have even, you know, have mentioned it since then that I've seen it not that long ago and that it was great. But this was for some reason particularly enjoyable this year. It's just such an efficient little film and it doesn't try to do too much. And the production design on this thing is amazing. That's Joel Schumacher's specialty, if nothing else. Yeah. I mean, the, the, how, the house where Papa Gilmore lives... <laughs> with the ne- with the flashing neon, you know the the uh, video store owner, if, yeah. if you will, uh, the flashing neon and Corey Haim's outfits, uh, all a little bit of a nod there too that he's he's a he is probably really should be a gay character um, with the Rob Lowe poster right. and the um, Born to Shop T shirt and the, you know all the stereotypes, all those eighty stereotypes packed in there, and um and I think Kiefer's just about as adorable as as they come in this thing. Like, why wasn't – he should have been pinned up on that wall, not Rob Lowe. He's cutie. I love this film. (laughs) Well, it sounds like you had a very Corey Halloween. I did have a very Corey Halloween. And, of course, you know, when – watching it with an audience is so great because when that saxophone player comes out Uh and and does what he does with that shirt off, thou shalt not – that's not it, actually. I just wanted to sing that. (laughs) But when he – everybody's howling because it's just – ridiculous and jamie gert standing there dancing to that and and just as earnest and earnestly she possibly can oh my god nothing could be more fun than this it's just great to look at too so anyway lost boys halloween ends that's a great halloween for me sure what have you been watching well i i I guess i'll focus on the horror stuff that i've seen recently too so i i went to the theaters to finally catch up with a horror movie that's become quite a big hit um, in recent weeks, and that's Parker Finn's debut feature, Smile. What yeah. if there were a smile? Um, Did you like it? I thought it was fine. It's not great. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, great marketing, as we've discussed. Yeah, the, the, the sort of positioning, spooky actors smiling directly at the camera during Major League Baseball games. Really great idea. Um, 
it it's it it's certainly the work of a promising debut filmmaker. I'll put it that way. It didn't quite do it for me because like a lot of modern horror features, it's very grim and very solemn and a you know about trauma underlined. Uh, like all right. Actually, the villain is trauma. Maybe the real smile was the trauma we experienced along the way, and you know gotcha. it's that sort of thing. We so need, where's Freddy when we need him? It's a little too self serious, but. Um, we didn't, it, it, it occasionally, especially near its climax, um, gets a little goofy and I, I enjoyed it a lot more when it, you know, loosened up a little bit, right. you know what I mean? But the lead performance, um, from Kevin Bacon and Kira Sedgwick's daughter, Sosie yeah, Bacon. And, sh- and she's in the short film too, right? Is, I am I correct about so. that? I don't know. This is a feature based on a short yeah. that was evolved from a short. And I, th- my understanding is that she's in this, but I didn't realize, I didn't realize that was their daughter. Well, but she's cool. excellent. Good. Good um, for her. And the film wouldn't work at all without such a convincing lead performance. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's got enough in it to recommend it. Ultimately, I'm I'm a little mixed. I'm certainly not as hot on it as a lot of people seem to be. It's kind of, you know, it's kind of a little it follows, a little the ring um with a s- creepy smile. Um but but it it is made with enough skill and care. Um and it is pretty scary. It does deliver on the scares. Um, I'll be the judge of that. Well, you know, I, I recommend you check it out at some point. Yeah, I might. I it just hasn't drawn me in. Like the marketing's fun. The premise in the trailer have done nothing for me, and I fear that I'm not going to like this thing. Uh, you probably won't. You'll probably yeah. You'll probably land around where I am, which is like eh, okay. yeah, um, maybe. But, but see it at some point. Like Barbarian, though, you know. Barbarian's great. Um, I also watched on Netflix uh, the new feature film from the director of Coraline and The Nightmare Before Christmas, yeah. Henry Selick. His new one is Wendell and Wild. This is. Co-written, actually, by Jordan Peele, who also co-stars with Keegan-Michael Key. They voice two little demons who are um, linked to an orphaned teen at a a boarding school for troubled girls. Um, And there's a whole lot about... Uh, the school to prison pipeline and for-profit prisons um, and the exploitation of um, youth in crisis to make money under this capitalist hellscape uh, that we live under. Uh, heavy themes for a stop-motion animated film. Yeah, I was going to say, this, this isn't... This isn't really a kid's movie gotcha. per se, but it is kind of ostensibly for families. Yeah. Um, but it's the prison it's made, pipeline. Let's all I know, right? Get, like, gather around heavy stuff. The dinner table. Um, it's really enjoyable. I really loved this because it's so imaginative and skillfully designed and created by the team of stop motion animators that worked with Selick. Um, he's a master animator. If any, as anybody who's seen well, the Nightmare Before Christmas and Coraline can attest. And this is only his fifth sure, yeah. movie. Um, and he's come out swinging too a bit, right? Well, at, a little at, bit. He, at he Burton. He talked about how, <clears throat> or know, the fact least, that yeah. Nightmare Before Christmas is mostly ascribed to Tim Burton is frustrating for him because he directed it. I mean, that's fair. It is fair. I mean, Burton obviously has a heavy hand in the aesthetic and design of that movie, but it, the the day to day animation and filmmaking was Henry Selleck. So yeah. you know he deserves 
you know, more credit for the success of that movie than Burton. In People a lot of love ways. to pat Burton on the back, though, and we should have stopped doing that halfway through his career. Yeah, no kidding. Um, anyway, last sounds 20 interesting. Years, not great, but it, it is interesting. Um, really good stuff there. Um, and the last thing I want to highlight is a, a episodic, an anthology series that I'm not finished with just yet that came out for Halloween viewing purposes on Netflix. That's Guillermo del Toro's cabinet of curiosities yeah. an eight episode um, tales from the crypt. S very cool anthology hour long episodes. So listen to this. God, he's been busy, huh? He has been busy. Uh, this includes new works from some really exciting filmmakers, including David Pryor, the director of the empty man, which was a COVID era cult horror hit uh anna lily amarpour who directed a girl walks home alone right. at night Catherine hardwick of twilight fame um panos cosmatos who directed mandy yeah. his follow-up to mandy is the seventh episode of this and then most excitingly the eighth and final episode directed by babadook and nightingale director jennifer kent yes uh starring cool. the babadook star essie davis so i nice. haven't seen all of the episodes of this series yet but what i have seen uh, ranges from, you know, not super successful, but still enjoyable to extremely good. The third one, uh, The Autopsy, which is the one directed by David Pryor, is my favorite so far. But I'm still making my way through these episodes. Cool. They're all gross. They've got that great um, puppet and physical effects work that we love from Guillermo del Toro. Um, and some really great, talented performers and filmmakers behind these episodes. So nice. check it out if you're interested in horror. That's what I've been watching. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Side Talks. We're your own personal cinematic Jackie Weaver and Angelica Houston. What did those two get Yo. up to? Oh, oh boy. Well, in May of 2019, which we didn't know the storm that was coming, yeah, uh, Houston said that Weaver's film Palms sounded humiliating. What? Actually, yeah, she went a little step further than that. She said, "Old lady cheerleader movie sounds uh, an old lady cheerleader movie sounds humiliating." Oh, isn't that the one that also has Pam Greer and um, Diane Keaton? Maybe yeah. Diane Keaton shows yeah, up in all these well, old lady. Does there's a reason X for that movies. because people pay tickets to see them. But Weaver didn't respond positively to this negative feedback. Uh -huh. She didn't take the high road. She said Angelica Houston can go fuck herself. <laughs> uh, and then she said, I would blame this on menopause, but she must have gone through that a long time ago. Oh, Jesus, yeah. Jackie Weaver coming out <laughs> swinging. Oh, I mean, in fairness, that's an unprompted swipe on Houston's yeah. part, but still, it was a quick, it was a quick skip and jump to go fuck yourself. Though. Yeah, I mean, anyway, we got there fast. Got there quick. Uh, thank you. For, I'll be, you know what? I, I'd be either one of them. I think they're both kind of awesome. Yeah, they are great. Both but, of them. I mean, Angelica Houston is Angelica Houston. I know she shouldn't so, have anything to prove to anybody. No, why would she? Uh, also, she once dated Jack Nicholson, so she's you know. Tough. Impervious. Right, exactly. <laughs> Some might say. Exactly. Thanks for uh, listening, and thanks to Beltwell Studios. Thanks to Revelator Coffee, our sponsors. Sidewalkfest.com is where you can find us on the internet, or visit us on social media at Sidewalk Film. Come see a movie with us at our wonderful cinema. That's all I got. That's it. <laughs>
Bye. Batwell Studios Podcast Division. Your words, our expertise.